thought this would be a great song to start with, being the first Sunday in December, because our Lord was born as a baby, but He is the King of Kings. Amen. And He's coming back as the King of Kings. Let's all stand together. Turn to page one, and let's sing verse two, three, and four together. The Lord, our Savior, reigns. Let's sing it out on that second verse. Lift it up together with me. Singing that song, be reminded of the psalm that I read this morning in Psalm 122 and verse 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. And it's certainly good to be around God's people and to rejoice in our God. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. And sure thankful uh, for that. And sure glad you're here uh, this morning. Good to see uh, some of our families recovering from uh, some of the flu bug and, and RSV and you know, NIV, hopefully you didn't have that, amen, and uh, any of that stuff going around, but sure thankful uh, for people recovering and bouncing back and and uh, getting back into the house of the Lord, and maybe you were singing this morning, you couldn't really smile a whole lot, and your head's still kind of ringing, and you were kind of cracking, singing and going, felt like you were, you know, just struggling along, but let's rejoice in the Lord, amen, and sure thankful this morning. Well, it's good to have Missionary Kirk King here with us, and dear friend and missionary to Albania, and uh, excited for him this morning, and he's going to be preaching this morning and tonight, and even presenting tonight the field of Albania, but just a real blessing, and out of Berean Baptist Church there in Springfield, uh, Missouri. We're sad that Miss Bonnie couldn't be with us, but she's uh, with a great grandbaby, uh, and uh, excited about them, and uh, that, that's a real blessing. Didn't want to ask, as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, if we could pray also for the Mallard family, our church planters there in Poplar Bluff having their very first services this morning uh, for Liberty Baptist Church. So let's pray this morning, ask God's blessing. I'm going to ask the Brother Jim Wisdom back there if you'd pray for us, brother.
Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, this morning? And I did just want to make a few uh, quick announcements and, and things like that. Uh, uh, of course, uh, some things, there are quite a few things coming up here through the month of December, but just wanted to make sure uh, that folks uh, just uh, knew a few things. Uh, of course, we'll have bulletins uh, going out uh, this morning for the month of December, and in case you need a list of all the different stuff that's going on. But ladies, don't forget about there's a ladies, ladies meeting uh, this coming Tuesday night, and I forgot all the stuff that my wife gave me to announce, and so I apologize about that. But it's uh, there's a potluck, and you need to bring a gift for a gift exchange, and then also there's the secret sister cult reveal and stuff and all that. So uh, I know our ladies have a great time with that. And so don't forget about that, ladies, uh, for, for that. That's Again, that's this coming Tuesday night, and that's at 7 o'clock. Is that right? Uh, 7 o'clock over in the fellowship hall. And so I know our ladies will have a great time uh, there. Next uh, Sunday, uh, we're going to have missionaries Kent and Kathy Hogan uh, with us, our missionaries to uh, Israel. And he's going to be preaching in the Sunday morning and uh, Sunday evening service, and just praying that we can be a real blessing uh, to them. If you weren't here uh, Wednesday night, I mentioned some things uh, there, so just uh, be much in prayer, be in your place uh, for that. And then, of course, uh, if you have kids in the Christian school, or if you just like to come, the, the Christian school program, Christmas program, is Tuesday, December the 13th, and that's from 7 to 9 o'clock uh, in the evening. That'll be here uh, in the auditorium. And so, uh, and there's some other things that are coming up. We have our uh, annual business meeting on December the 14th, and then, of course, our uh, churchwide outreach on the 17th. And uh, don't forget about Christmas Day is on a Sunday this year. We'll have one service, and that'll be at 1030 in the morning. But sure, looking forward to a good day today in the Lord. Amen. Okay, Brother Eric, come on ahead. Let's continue singing from page 132. Good Christian men rejoice. We have a lot to rejoice about this morning in the birth of our Savior. Page 132. Sing it out on that first verse. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give ye heed to what we say. Jesus Christ is born today. thankful he was born to save amen let's stand again turn to page 137 stand with me page 137 hark the herald angels sing sing all verses this morning page 137 
get around your hands with each other this morning. Good to have each one of you here. Thankful for those visiting back with us again this morning. Let's sing it out on that last verse. Come, desire of nations, come. Come, desire of nations, come. Fix in us thy humble home. Rise the woman's conquering sea. Bruise in us the serpent's head. Adam's likeness now it face. Stamp thine image in its place second Adam from above reinstate us in thy love hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king amen as the men come for the offering I'd like to read to you from Mark chapter 12 he says and Jesus sat over against the treasury And beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Brother Whitney, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated.
ladies. Let's turn to page 323 now for our last song this morning. Let's all stand one last time. Page 323, the old account was settled. We'll sing all verses this morning. Lift it up together on that first verse. There was a time on earth when in the book of heaven an old account was standing for sins yet unforgiven. My name was at the top and many things below. I went unto the keeper and settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago. And the record's clear today, for you washed my sins away. When the old account was settled long ago, the old account was large and growing every day. For I was always sinning and never tried to pay. But when I looked ahead and saw such pain and woe, I said that I would settle and settle long ago, long ago. settled long ago and the record's clear today for he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago when at the judgment bar I stand before my king and he the book will open he cannot find a thing then will my heart be glad while tears of joy will flow because I had it settled and settled long ago my sins away when the old account was settled long ago when in that happy home my savior's home above i'll sing redemption story and praise him for his love i'll not forget that book with pages white as snow because i came and settled and settled long ago long ago settled long ago oh sinner seek the lord repent of all your sin for thus he has commanded if you would enter in and then if you should live a hundred years below up there you'll not regret it you settled long ago long ago long ago yes the old account was settled long ago and the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. Amen. Great singing. You may be seated this morning. This time, right before the message, we'll have a special from Brother Gary Clark.
Gentle Mary laid her child lowly in a manger. There he lay the undefiled to the world a stranger. Such a babe in such a place can he be the Savior? Ask the saved of all the race who have found his favor. Angels sang about his birth. Wise men sought and found him. Heaven's star shone brightly forth, glory all around him. Shepherds saw the wondrous sight, heard the angels singing. All the plains were lit that night, all the hills were Well, it's good to have Brother Kirk King here uh, with us this morning. And as already mentioned, just a longtime missionary there uh, in Albania. And him and Miss Bonnie, they're just faithful people and dear friends in the Lord. And uh, sent out of Berean Baptist Church there in Springfield, Missouri. And tonight he's going to be presenting and, and, and stuff, the field and stuff. But just uh, wanted him to preach this morning and tonight. And just a dear uh, blessing. And, and thankful they were able to have some time on, on furlough. And, and he's able to be here uh, with us. So, Brother King, you come ahead. And uh, he's got the stuff like we got the stuff. And I said, well, hey, man, you just fit right in. Amen. So, amen, brother. Thank you. Well, I am honored to be here today. And, and again, apologies that my wife is not here. Uh, she's down in Florida, down in Naples, where my son-in-law is pastor. And, and um, she is visiting our, if you're ready for this, our great grandbaby. Now, Obviously, I'm not old enough to be a great-grandfather. I probably look maybe in my mid to late 30s, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's almost uh, beyond my belief that we are great-grandparents, but um, we are, and praise the Lord, a healthy baby boy, Miles, they named him Miles Baxter. Uh, a connection with that is, Brother uh, Stewart, Pastor Stewart didn't mention that the Mallards, whom you support, it's their oldest daughter, married my oldest grandson. 
And so there's a connection there. And so the Mallards are first-time grandparents. My oldest daughter's first-time grandparents. We are first-time great-grandparents. And I know, I, I still deny that. And I'll probably be in denial with that for a few more years anyway. Um, I apologize for my voice. I've, I've had that, whatever it is. Bonnie and I have hardly been out of the house since Monday. And I said, well, we both better get better before the weekend because she had to fly down and I was coming up here. So please uh, bear with me uh, as I um, try to preach this morning. We appreciate the stewards. Um, I can remember back in, not in the day, but many years ago, he was a youth pastor there at Berean. Uh, my youngest daughter at that time was uh, under him and that in the youth pastor and uh, in his ministry and um, praise the Lord for good, faithful people like Pastor Stewart that preached the gospel to the young people. He didn't hold back. We'd hear him, we'd hear him preaching to the young people two or three uh, rooms over. And, and, uh, but it was good. It was good for them. My daughter um, is a result really of walking with the Lord today because of good teaching there with Pastor Stewart and, and our pastor. So praise the Lord for that. You, you have a good man and uh, praise the Lord that that uh, he is pastoring this church and being a part of this work. Well, I want to preach this morning from a passage that you're probably very familiar with, and, and um, things that are preached maybe by other people are many times just a repeat of what you've already been hearing. And uh, so, so it, what I'm preaching on this morning is things that you've already heard, but many times Hearing them again, as Pastor said in uh, Sunday school, is good for us to review and to, uh, to grab hold sometimes of the truths that are in the Word of God. So let's turn in our Bibles, if you would, over to Matthew chapter 28, and um, verses 19 and 20, and then we'll be looking also at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. My, uh, my son-in-law had come to Albania in 2015, and we had, a, we had a group going at that time, probably 30, 35 people, and I've been preaching to them about the gospel, and some had already gotten saved, but he came, I allowed him to preach a couple of Sundays, and he preached basically the same thing I had been preaching about salvation, how it's only in Christ, and uh, we must put our trust in Christ, and that Sunday, three or four people got saved, and praise God. But I thought, why is this? I've been preaching that same thing, and you come here and preach the same thing, and people get saved. Because sometimes they need to hear it from a different angle, maybe. I don't know. But maybe today I can inspire you as, as a missionary. A missionary's job is a church planter telling people about Christ. And basically, we're all missionaries. You've heard that many times before. But uh, let's all stand our feet, and let's uh, read from uh, Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20. And uh, let's just do a review and look and see what the Lord has for us today. And it says in Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Even in Mark 16, 15, I have, you have, don't have to turn there, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then I like when God gives us a scripture or a, an order 
that he doesn't just leave it out there. You know, go do this. Well, how do we do it? Well, we look in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And it says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So when we get saved, we know the Holy Ghost comes into us. And, and we know that uh, there in Acts chapter 2, how the Holy Ghost came upon uh, that church at that time there in Jerusalem. And they get power to proclaim the gospel of Christ. And he said, you shall be witnesses unto me. What's that say? Both. At the same time, in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the world. So this was given us as an order to go tell people about Christ, and then how to do it. We're to do it here, in Kansas, in America, and then throughout all throughout the whole world. So that's our job. This is our commission that we have as a church to go into all the world. Father, I pray that you'd bless this time that we have together. Lord, uh, encourage me, help me to be uh, bolder, more proactive in getting the gospel and, and helping fulfill and do my part in fulfilling the great commission. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. <coughs> on, on my way... On my way here last night, uh, up from Springfield, it is two, actually I live in Stratford, Missouri, that's just outside of Springfield, two hours and 45 minutes, and, and through the various roads I had to take uh, up here, I had different um, speed limit signs that I had to follow, and I try to follow them as, as, I sh- as you should. And if it said 65, I go 65. If it said 70, sometimes you come through towns and it says go slower. And, uh, and, and you try to obey those. So let me ask you one thing pertaining to these verses that we have just read. If you have a sign that says 45, when do you go up to 55? Not, not through the 45. You know, it, you're supposed to wait until what? Until you see the next sign, amen? Still you see one that says 55 or 65. So you have to follow the last order given, amen? You know what I'm saying here? When I was in high school, I wasn't always the best child. I was the youngest of four boys, and I felt like it was my job as the youngest to be the entertainer in the house. And that's what the youngest does. And, uh, and so I carried that, unfortunately, too far. I would carry it to school. And many times I got in trouble for talking and doing things. But the teacher sometimes would take and write a circle on the board. And it would be, now some of you may have had this happen, and it would be like right here where you had to stand on your toes and she would say, put your nose in that circle. And uh, you'd have to do that and you'd have to stand up on your tiptoes and keep your nose in the circle. And if she was mean, she would fill it in with chalk and then you'd have that white spot on your on your nose. But all the while, the children or your classmates would heckle you and laugh and and do things like that. And you would say, how long do I need to keep my nose in here? And she would say, until I tell you differently. And some of you that were in the military, they might say, drop down and start doing push-ups. And you'd say, how long? Or dig this hole, how long? Until I say, stop. Well, this great commission that God has given us is never stopping until he returns. And until we uh, have, to have a feast with Him that day in heaven, it's not going to stop. It's still the call that Christ has on the church and, and on us as individuals is to tell others about Christ. 
And we can never get complacent in that as long as people are dying and going to hell. It's amazing how sometimes you have a thought or you hear somebody say something and it stays with you. Years and years ago, a man uh, in Albania, he says, here's my philosophy. And I like this philosophy. It's very simple. It's the, it's the Great Commission or it's our job, our command, our order, all wrapped up into this. He said, go meet people, tell them about Jesus. Isn't that simple? Go meet people, tell them about Jesus. We have a, we have a mandate given to us by God on this great commission. I like Brother uh, Pastor Stewart. I'm used to calling you Brother West, Brother. Um, I have a pastor that's up in Iowa. Marvin's his name. And I accidentally in front of all his people, hey, Marv. You know, like that, and it's kind of, oh, I forget sometimes. But, but in the 1828 dictionary, I looked up the word mandate. And um, like Pastor Stewart said, uh, uh, 1828 dictionary, a concordance, and the King James Bible, those are your main study tools. But a mandate is a command, an order, a precept, or injunction, or a commission. And we've been given this mandate clearly by the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was given to the church before Jesus went up and sat on the right hand of God. Given to the church that is now to obey this order. It's clear instructions for the churches of God. And it's a... Now, now one problem that I've always had in learning Albania is I never learned English grammar well. You people that are in school, you young people, learn English grammar you that's going to Japan, I hope you are good in English grammar because you'll need it learning Japanese. And um, I'm not sure where I was going with that. But anyway, go is a action verb. Somebody help me. It's an imperative. Amen? Any English teachers? Yeah. And, and so it's a, it means don't just sit there and do nothing. Don't relax, but go. In Albania, we have this word uh, shkoi. That means go. Un shkoi, that means I go. But if, it, if, if there's an imperative, like if there's somebody here, I say go, then I would say shko. It's a different word. Or if for all of us, it would be shkoni, shkoni you, means you all go. And that's how it starts out in the Albanian Bible, shkoni you, go. It's an imperative in the Albanian language, and I, I like that they use that because it puts an emphasis on go. And when I read in that, uh, Ephesians 6.15, there where it says, having in the armor of God, it says, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I thought, why does it say the gospel of peace? It's because there's a war going on right now for the souls of men. And maybe you're here today and maybe you're lost. Maybe you don't know Christ and there's a war going on in your mind. Should I choose Christ? Should I listen to what he has to say? Should I give my life to Christ? Well, I hope today would be your day of salvation because it's a war, there's a battle, and we need to be involved in the battle. When there's a war going on, we don't sit down and do nothing, but we have to take the battle to the enemy. Too long, the enemy's been making so much ground in this country and among God's people. We need to go on the offensive and always keep in our mind that there's lost people around us. Matthew 14, 14, Jesus went forth and he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion toward them. It's a great commission. 
It's great big commission. It's a big job that only we through the power of the Holy Spirit can help have an effect on people in the world. My dad, um, after being the baby of the family, has its downfalls too because after all my older brothers left home, got married, uh, guess who was left to cut the grass? Well, it was only me, you know, and and dad would say this saying uh, often, boy, that grass is not going to mow itself. My mom would say often, boy, that room is not going to clean itself. And may I say, people are not going to get saved just on their own. Now, sometimes they do by reading a track or the Bible. That does happen. But mainly, God uses us to tell others about Jesus Christ. And let's not forget that. The world is not going to win itself. And so I took the 1828 dictionary, also the Webster's, and I looked up the word go. I thought when I was going to do that, I said, that's simple, go. Uh, And then I thought, wow, how would you define go? And then um, there's 28 different definitions for go in that dictionary. But I, and I, think, I just want to talk about just a couple of them right now. It's in definition, in a general sense, to move, to pass, to proceed from one place or state or station to another opposed to resting. It's too late in the game right now to, to, to rest and take a break. The Lord could come back any time. I, I know we've said that since I was... Uh, got right with the Lord in 1977, uh, I knew the Lord was going to come back the next day, the next day, the next day. But that's okay. Because if we live like that, it'll put, uh, increase the burden on us to get the gospel to other people. And we have to keep that before us. Also to walk, to move on the feet or step by step. Uh, Here's a good one. I like this. To journey or to travel by land or water. I like that. that. That pertains to missionaries. Amen? It's to go everywhere by land or water. To depart, to move from a place as opposed to come. To circulate, to pass, to be in motion as a machine. All of it's about moving. All of it's about action, to extend, to reach, to preach the gospel, to witness, to baptize, to teach. And where are we to do it? In our own city. This is your Jerusalem right here. This is, this is your place in Olathe. Kansas. And, and then we could think of Judea as, as being Kansas, uh, and then Samaria as being the United States, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. How can we do this? It's not just you, it's together as a church, as a body. And it takes people to do this. It takes people. So we have a mandate, but it also takes man, individuals. A church is made up of individuals. Amen? All of us together. Let's, I, I, I normally, when I preach, I don't have you turn to a lot of places, but I think this is a great place to turn to Matthew, sorry, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5, verse 12. What an impact. I, I, I think if we think about it, the impact that one person can have on somebody else. You may think in your life how somebody had an impact on me or how you had an impact on somebody. But let's look here in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, and we'll read on. But think of how many times it says the number one. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin, 
And so death passed upon all men for that all had sinned. There's one man. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God. And the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. And look down in verse 19. This sums it all up. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. You know, we can have an effect on one person. And that one person can have an effect on somebody else. And then you never know. It's like a ripple effect, like when you throw a stone unto the water. Jesus Christ came into this world that we might have life. We shouldn't hold that. Uh, Praise God we're saved. Amen. But let's not hold that and not tell other people. That needs to be our main uh, drive in life is to get the gospel to other people. And we, we all have that job. We all have the ministry of reconciliation. All of us. You say, I don't have a ministry in the church. you got a ministry given from God. And that is to tell others about Jesus Christ. Think about Noah. You know, I'm glad he was obedient. I mean, one man, because he was obedient, saved basically the whole world and had a, had a restart. Thank, thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for Abraham. He believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And because of that, the Jewish nation was started, the nation of Israel. One man impacted the whole world. Through the Jews afterward, the Gentiles received the gospel. Think of Jonah, how he was, <laughs> he was reluctant, but through the, with God's help, he actually went up and preached to the people in Nineveh. And that whole nation, that whole nation repented. That was a very highly populous city, but that whole nation repented because of one man. Think of the Apostle Paul, how God used him because of his obedience. He went and started many, many different churches. And remember the Macedonian call. Remember that? He was wanting to go here, thought about going there, and then he heard the Macedonian call. And when he was obedient and went into Macedonia, that through that allowed the gospel to go into Europe. And from Europe, where did it go? It came over to America later. Praise the Lord that he obeyed. Because of that, we have the gospel nowadays. And then I think of the people that have gone before us after those um, people like the uh, the Apostle Paul. Think of those people that were uh, beaten, that were uh, treated terribly. They were thrown in jail, out in the cold, imprisoned, burnt at the stake, beheaded and killed those people that have gone before us because they wouldn't accept uh, infant baptism or they they wouldn't accept the changing of the Word of God, but they wanted the Word of God written for the common person or or they wanted to hold on to the true doctrines of the Bible. Because of them, we have the King James Bible today. We have the Word of God. Because of them, we have the true doctrines that, that Jesus wanted us to have, but it didn't come at a low cost. It came at a high cost. And you know, that's part of my 
what I fight over in um, Albania, and you probably have it here too, is that uh, I'm not against those that preach the gospel. Let me say that. The Bible says that clearly. Paul wasn't against people that preach the gospel, but he wasn't for their doctrine. He wasn't for how they perverted the Word of God and, and taught them false doctrine after they were saved. And we fight that all the time over there. I don't know of many other churches that have their name Baptist on them that are uh, truly following the words of God. But um, you know what? We're going to follow the Word of God. We're going to keep preaching. I mean, we could have a lot bigger congregation, and you could too, if you brought in the rock and roll band. If you, uh, if you did a lot of other things that are compromising, you could have a much bigger uh, area, but we're not looking for that. We're looking to teach the truth. And, and, and the truth in salvation, and then the truth in doctrine. That's what we're trying to do, and, and we're not going to change. God's Word didn't change. I heard a guy the other day, a good friend of mine, he said, uh, some of these churches over here are struggling, and he said, uh, they, they don't know, they just need to change. And I didn't go into it with him, because I didn't want to, at that time, I wasn't going to debate that, but... Uh, I'm thinking, what kind of change are you talking about? You know, um, but I'm not going to change. The Word of God does not change. It's the same forever and ever. And so it, it, the battle's on for us, but we need to teach the truth of salvation, teach proper doctrine. Paul told Timothy, you know, the things that I've given unto you, you need to give them to other people. And that's what I'm trying to do, representing churches in America that send me and uh, teach start true New Testament Baptist churches in Albania. Think about it. Who affected you for the gospel? I think of um, a man preaching in a little Southern Baptist church. We didn't have probably 50 people. And I grew up there. And, and, but a man was preaching. And I was a young man, probably 10 or 9 or 10 at that time. And, and the, the seed of God, I guess, for salvation began working in my heart. And I was real close to salvation. I wanted to go forward and talk to the, the man. And, and then he left. We got a new pastor. And he began preaching the same message, praise God, about salvation. And uh, one night, I was 12 years old at this time, we, were in a, uh, we had a youth choir for some reason. We had, I don't know, five or six uh, young people up there. And uh, I was wanting to go forward and give my heart to Christ. And, but I was too scared, you know, the bare knuckle thing on the back of the pew and, and all that. And, but um, a little boy told me, he said, Kirk, the devil doesn't want you to get saved. Because he knew I was thinking about going forward. And I said, that's right. And I jumped up out of my chair. I went forward and that night gave my heart to Christ. But I think of that one young man, how he just said those words to me. And that had an effect on my salvation. He's saved today. That young man is too. But then I think of that, the other guy before preaching the gospel. And then the next pastor that came in, he was preaching that same gospel and they had an effect on me. Praise God. And then um, went on from there. Then uh, later got called to preach and a missionary. But those people that um, now that I can preach to that get saved, to me, I think this, I hope I'm right, that those preachers that preach the salvation, they also share in rewards of other people being saved and other people, other churches being started. Think, who affected you in your life and who can you affect in their lives? I remember a preacher, uh, I heard him preaching on um, podcasts one time. He was a, a missionary kid 
out in the South Pacific Islands someplace. His dad was a pastor, and he said he was obeying his mom and went to the um, laundromat with some laundry, and uh, he had to put them in there and do all that stuff. He said there were three guys in the laundromat at the time, and he was just 14 years old. And he said he began witnessing to these three guys. They were all older, in their 20s, and two of them left. But the one stood there and listened. And uh, the one man got saved that night. And he began coming to church. His dad began discipling that man. Later, that man became the pastor of the church his father had started. You never know what impact, what kind of an impact you can have on somebody. It only takes one person. It only takes you. Pass out a track. Tell the words of life to somebody. You know, I'll say this. This is a true testimony that most of the people that I have led to the Lord have had that seed planted a different time in their lives. Somebody's given them a track. Or, or for example, this one guy said, yeah, um, the last person we led to the Lord in Albania, he said, um, you know, this guy was talking to me about this very same thing years ago over in another city. And when we started talking to him about it, he'd already had that seed planted and he was ready to receive Christ at that time. Giving tracts out, talking to people, planting seed is so important for us. I am only one, but still I'm one. I cannot do everything, but I can still do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something I can do. We can all do something. We can, you need to have tracts on you. I hope I have some in here. Yeah, this is not this church. Hold on. This one. That's here, right? Okay. I try to always get the tracks from the churches than where I am. I've given tracks out in Missouri that were like from Idaho. And, uh, but that's okay. It has the gospel on them. But it just didn't have a good, you know, the local address. But we need to do something. We can all do something. And then what's our message that we give? It's the gospel message. The one that... The, the, that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And Paul said, I'm chief, but Jesus came to save sinners. That's why He came for us. We tell Him about our sin, that, that everybody has sinned. Romans 3.23, we probably should have the Romans road memorized so we can tell people that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, because of our sin, the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8 But God commendeth or showed His love toward us that while, even though we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You may be here today and uh, realize you're a sinner and know that you need Christ as your Savior. Well, He's open-armed today for you to come to Him. Then the Bible says in Romans 10.9 That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. Then in Romans uh, ten thirteen, for whosoever, that's whosoever, that's everybody that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John three sixteen is, um, you know, that's, that's the first verse I ever memorized. In, in Albania it says, Sepse perendia adeshi achboten, sava birin eti tevetem lindurin, Chikushdo, that kushdo is whosoever. Chikushdo, chabasonata, tamasumbas, portiket yetin, epuryechme. You see, that's the same uh, verse in Albanian as it is in English. 
but it's the same gospel. It's just said differently in other languages throughout the world. But it's the same Jesus, and there's only one name under heaven whereby we must be saved in the whole world, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> in Albania, I like to preach. Our, our building's much smaller than this, but I like to have a... I've got a whiteboard on the wall behind me. I was a uh, pipe fitter welder before a uh, preacher, and um, I was a, not as good a welder as your pastor. He was a TIG welder, right? I'm a stick welder, and I did uh, gorilla welds. You know what a gorilla weld is? <laughs> I mean, strong but ugly. So they would hold, but they weren't all that great. But um, a pipe fitter, they always said, has to talk. He can't talk without a pen in his hand. And I always like to illustrate to our people, uh, I'm not a great artist either. You know, stick men and things like that, but it works. And, and so I try to tell them, you must understand the gospel. You got to understand what we're talking about. And then when you understand that, then you believe what's been presented to you. And then you turn from your sins and you put your faith and you call on Christ to save you. That's the way I do it. In fact, it's kuptoi, uh, besoi, pendoi, and thoras in, in Albania. That's what uh, I try to teach a basic. Now, let me say this. There's no formula for salvation. God deals with everybody in different ways. But it's only one way of salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ. And then he gives us a method in Acts 20.20. 20. You don't have to turn there, but you can and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. I love it. Go where? We go to Jerusalem. We go to Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. What do you do? You go publicly and you go house to house. You preach publicly. You, you knock on doors. You hand out tracts. This is how you do it. I love it because he gives us that plan. And he says, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance toward God and, and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. So what's our method? Go, meet people, tell them about Jesus. Amen? That's simple, but we've got to keep it on our mind. Publicly, leaving tracts, giving tracts, uh, talking to people directly about their souls, knocking on doors, leaving gospel materials on doors, sowing down an area, tent meetings, whatever it takes to get the gospel to people. Now let's look at something else. There's some questions, I believe, that, that need to be answered. But let's look on in, are we still in Romans? Did we ever get there? Let's look in Romans chapter 10. <coughs> oh, I wish I had a voice. I could... In Romans chapter 10... Now this is on us, right here. And verse 14. We saw that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've got to call on him. You can't just say, yeah, I'm saved. No, you call on him. Please, God, uh, save me. And it says in verse 14, How shall then, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? There's a question. And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, in a sense, we're all preachers as we give the gospel. And, and I don't want to be untrue to the word of God, but when I look at this, I, I read this backwards. Now, I don't, don't fault me. Don't, don't throw rocks. 
How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they call on him whom they've not believed? So it takes us telling people because, look at verse 15, here's why. Oh, sorry. In verse um, 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They have to hear about the word of God. And, and back, and I'm going back and forth. Verse 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent? But how shall they hear except we tell them? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and when we can apply that to preaching, he uses the foolishness of preaching to save those. That, that need to be saved. So they have to hear. They have to be told um, about the Lord Jesus Christ. We were commissioned. I was commissioned by my home church. And they could not do it all. Everything's to supply and help um, me on the field. That's why other churches take part in sending missionaries. You don't, you don't supply everything for one missionary, but you have a part in reaching the whole world. The great commission given to the church was going to all the world. Well, I'm sure you've been explained to this. This has been explained to you before, but, but how does this church reach all the world? If every member in here went to one country, you couldn't, still couldn't reach all of the countries. There's 190-something countries. It seems like it changes every day. Uh, but you do that through supporting other missionaries in other parts of the world. Therefore, you are obeying the Great Commission by sending, helping send other missionaries. But let's keep it on this level right now today, is that let's all of us do our part in getting the gospel to other people. Leaving a track. You say, well, I've left this track in this restaurant before. I left the track at that gas station before. Well, do it again. Saturate it. Keep giving them out. If they see it enough, they're going to think, this thing must be important. I'm going to read this. Let's not neglect our duty to tell others. It's not just a pastor's job. It's not just a missionary's job. But it's all of our jobs. In conclusion, normally I have two or three conclusions, but I think I only have one. We talk about the second coming, but most people have never heard about the first. Even in America today. Even in America. Wherever you go, whatever you do, remember that you're an ambassador for Christ. And here's the final question, and we'll close. Would you believe in missions if you had to trade places with the heathen? There's one of our goals that we have in Albania. Um, the Lord really put it on my heart, and I know it's my job to do, is that we are working in a place, a city called Valora, 150,000 people, and we have been going door to door trying to sow down the city with everybody to have at least an opportunity to hear the gospel. They may not come to our church, but at least they're going to get a gospel pamphlet, whether I give it to them hand-to-hand, face-to-face, or on their door. But then the Lord put it on my heart, said, get out of Valora, and there's many villages also around the city of Valora that have never heard. A missionary has never stepped in their village. Uh, somebody carrying the gospel has never stepped in their village and that God really put that on my heart, and we're trying to make that as we've already been hit uh, seven or eight villages outside of the city, but that's one of our goals: getting the gospel to people that they might have an opportunity to get saved. What are you doing today? Are you 
helping fulfill the Great Commission in your church? Are you doing your part of getting the gospel to others? Don't be afraid. Satan's going to say, what are they going to think of you when you give him that track? Don't worry. You go ahead and do it. When the Holy Spirit prompts your heart and always have tracks on you because I hate it and hopefully you do too. Holy Spirit says, give him a track and I think, I'm trackless. I don't have anything. I'm out here. And, and anyway, serve the Lord and uh, be a part of winning this world to Christ. Let's all stand to our feet, heads bowed.